since the dawn of time, many of the world's best thinkers have tried to understand Wikipedia. Leonardo da Vinci, Socrates, Einstein. But all have failed until now. Two great warriors have stepped forward. I am Ben Graw the Mighty. And I am Garth Remington the Kingslayer. They aren't thinkers, they're doers. And they're going to review every single page on Wikipedia. That task is impossible. And remember, if you listen to this podcast, then hot girls will want to hook up with you. We totally will. This is the Wiki Review. You gotta put the H in there. You gotta put the H, otherwise, completely different results. (laughs) (laughs) You locked on, you lost interest in everything we were just saying, and now we're here. I'm like going, did we cross a line there? I know, it feels wrong, but I can't hide the laughter that comes out from those <laughs> jokes. Hello and welcome to Wiki Review. I'm Ben Graw. I'm Gareth Remington. And on this episode, we're going to talk about something that a lot of people need to learn how to take. We're going to do the Wikipedia page for joke. Knock, knock. Who's there? Three men walking into a bar. Waka, waka. Kick to the groin. And that's how you change a light bulb. <laughs> so yes, we're doing the Wikipedia page for joke because we tell a few of those on this podcast. There's been one or two. Yeah, you haven't made any yet. Hopefully this episode. (laughs) It's all relative. So what is a joke? A joke is a display of humor in which words are used with a specific and well-defined narrative structure to make people laugh. Ha ha ha. That's what laughing is. Yeah, that's a demonstration of laughing. That's a good demonstration, man. Which is a Wikipedia page for laugh. (laughs) 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 It's good that they have that. There's a lot of different laughs. There's, you know, I just demonstrated a very good cackle. (laughs) It was funny. You sort of had my illegitimate laugh followed by your legitimate laugh. But then there's the giggle, the snicker, the The smirk, the snort. Oh, isn't it great when you make someone snort? Yeah, that's awesome. That's like, I think that's the unicorn of comedy. That's a thing that happens to girls more than guys, I think. Like there are guys who snort. They kind of already look like pigs, but they snort and that's all they do. So everything is. (laughs) But when you can make a girl who's trying to be proper and prim and like, I laugh. When you can raise that to. (laughs) It's the greatest feeling. Forget trying to give them an orgasm. If you can make a girl snort. (laughs) Yeah, I remember doing stand up. As soon as you realize you got a snorter in the audience, you try extra hard. Your jokes have to land now. Suddenly you dial in like a laser beam on this person. Everyone else is irrelevant. I'm not trying to get a laugh. I'm trying to get a snort. That's right. And if you get that snort, everyone else will laugh at the snort. So it's just a chain link effect. Actually, people don't even know why we laugh. Really? It's a thing. Well, no other animals laugh. Hyenas. That's a... Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I've always wanted a pet hyena just for that. Just so every joke you say, it would laugh. Exactly. I'd always have someone laughing at my jokes and it would laugh like the... 
because that's how they sound. And that's just the best kind of laugh. Like a moron clown, but it could eat your face. <laughs> well, that's why they worked in The Lion King. They needed that clown face-eating mix. That's right. It's the perfect meld for a Disney cartoon. Who wants something funny, but vicious, but still cute? It has to be a bad guy that we can laugh with. <laughs> the lovable bad guy. Wasn't one of them voiced by Whoopi Goldberg? Yes, and another one was by Cheech from Cheech Oh, really? And, and who was the third one then? Oh, because he didn't even talk, did he? It's someone famous, but you can't recognize them. All right, here we go. We're, yeah, we're doing it. We're doing it. I love it when morbid interest reaches that pinnacle where you go, okay, I guess I have to Google now. <laughs> IMDb. Welcome to IMDb Review. We are looking at the IMDb page for The Lion King on this episode. Every time you go to IMDb, I always think it's saying I am a douchebag. Why is it he. 2019 with Seth Rogen and Donald Glover? That's kind of weird. Okay, 94. We'll, we'll come back to that one, actually. We'll, we'll deal with one <laughs> problem at a time, Ben. <laughs> Let's answer this question. We'll move on and then see what the okay. fuck's going on. Where's the credits? There's credits. Up. Okay, credits. Ed, Jim Cummings. He's known for Winnie the Pooh. Oh, he did the voice of Winnie the Pooh. I actually think I saw a Q&A with this guy at Supernova. Okay. He did the Winnie the Pooh voice. <laughs> there you go. He's famous. He kind of looks like Mark Maron, which is not a man who should be involved in any Disney anything. I remember he had a good story about doing recordings for a toy called My Interactive Poo. How did that work out? <laughs> now, when you say My Interactive Poo, are we still talking about the bear? Yeah, it's Winnie the Pooh still. Okay. Okay. So there's an H. Yeah. There's an H. Pooh's okay if it has an H. But apparently it would talk to you and you could teach it to say your name. So he had to read every kid's name. Oh, dear God. And that took him forever and he hated it. Yeah, there's no way you can get them all. Especially, I bet he didn't get Jaden in there. I bet there was no Garth. I know, we'll have to get an interactive poo and see. See, does... (laughs) Dear Google, does poo say Garth? (laughs) You gotta put the H in there. You gotta put the H, otherwise... Completely different results. (laughs) Hey, there's a Garth is shit webpage. What do you know? (laughs) Alright, so what's this nonsense about Seth Rogen doing The Lion King? With Danny Glover. Oh no, Donald Glover. That's the new kid. Yeah, that's the new Danny Glover. I'm sorry, I'm gonna forever get them mixed up. Is he Danny Glover's kid? I think it's his nephew. They're related. They're related. It's they the are same related. Glover. Okay, they're fingers from the same glove. Yeah, except Ex- Donald Glover seems to be doing way better than his uncle. Who really only got that one part in Lethal Weapon that everyone remembers him for. Predator 2. That's true. But- He's in other things too. He did a stupid old buddy buddy film with Joe Pesci called Gone Fishing or something. Isn't that the same basic character though? Well, it's not his fault that he's not as famous. He's too old for that shit. (laughs) This new kid, he's a rapper, I say in inverted commas because apparently he's a musician now. He ruined the Star Wars series. He did. Lando (laughs) Calrissian. Is he Lando Calrissian? I assume so. Yes, he was. Oh, good. Because I thought maybe it was racist for me to assume that the one black character (laughs) was still the same one black (laughs) character, but no, I'm totally on George Lucas's racism (laughs) level. (laughs) I mean, you think it's bad being the only black kid in high school? Imagine the only one in the galaxy. <laughs> How did that happen? He was also in Community, if you ever saw that. He played Troy Barnes. He's been in comedy, serious stuff, and he's rapping now. And he did something about This Is America, I think was his song. Yeah, I heard a lot of hype about it, and then I heard it, and I was really disappointed. Now, my understanding was, because I <clears throat> saw it, he was the host of Saturday Night Live, and he was also the musical guest. And I went, oh, I know that guy. Yeah, Community, all right. Oh, he also is the music guy. I guess he does 
does music now. So I saw him do a live performance of This Is America and Saturday Night Live, I don't know what it is about their music studio. It just always sounds terrible no matter who it is. So he stood there going, This Is America, This Is America, while these other people sort of danced really weirdly. And then he'd join in the dance and without him being anywhere near a microphone or even moving his lips, he'd still go, This Is America, This Is America. <laughs> so he's not even singing. And I didn't get that. It's about the film clip apparently. I even had my boss tell me like, cause he's old and stupid and doesn't get into like whatever the hip things are. I saw that This Is America, yeah, yeah. Real eye opener. I'm like, it's not, it's terrible. I haven't seen it. I don't really want to see it. It's just what, what black, I assume it's, oh, if you're black in America, it's not so good. Pretty much. Yeah. I've seen a lot of 90s black people <clears throat> films from America. Yeah. I assume it's no better than Friday. <laughs> Friday's probably way scarier. Uh, hey, Devo! Because it's shame. In Community, he's like really funny. Yeah. He's probably like one of the funniest, if not the funniest character in there. So I thought that it would be something cool. Like I had high expectations from it, but no. Because no. they did a rap in that that was some weird Spanish thing. Oh, really? Yeah, in like the first episode. <laughs> so he's like, hey, by the way, just throwing it out, I'm a rapper. Yeah, and he wrote that apparently and it sounded good. Any of the music they did in Community, I was like, yeah, that sounds all right. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah. But yeah, so 2019, that's next year, he's going to be the voice of Simba. Okay. What? And Seth Rogen's going to be Pumba. That strangely makes sense to me, actually. Yeah, I could see that. I'm sorry, but the original Pumba was, I think he should be Pumba forever. But hey, I'm a 90s kid, whatever. Who was the original Pumba? I don't know his name, but it was in that Mel Brooks, uh, what's the one about the musical called? The Producers. No, you're thinking of Nathan Lane. That was That's, Timon. You're totally right. And who the hell was Pumba? <laughs> I don't know. And Timon's going to be Billy Eichner. Who the fuck is that? He has like this weird voice. He kind of sounds like Roger the Alien. He's that kind of... So wait, he's going to be the new Timon. Yeah, I remember okay. he, he was in Parks and Rec. Oh, okay. I think his catchphrase in that is like, you don't even know. And that's pretty much literally how he sounded. <laughs> that's a good... Like, that's actually not a bad Billy Eichner. That's a good one. Impersonation. Now, as someone who I really want to get into the voice acting, but have no idea how to do it, this is my competition. Well, I can be Timon too. See, there we go. Great. <laughs> Did you hear that? Seth Rogen, get me on your freaking movie. Come on, Pumba. <laughs> what? What do you need? Oh. oh, they got Beyonce coming in as Nala. Oh, dear God. Wait, this is going to sound really bad. Is James L. Jones still alive? <laughs> yeah, they're getting him back to do Mufasa. I thought he was dead. No, he's still alive. This is something, I don't know if we've discussed this on the <clears throat> podcast, but I keep thinking people are dead and I am legitimately surprised every time I find <laughs> out they're alive. I've thought Stephen Fry was dead on two separate occasions. <laughs> and, and the woman who does the voice for Mod Flanders. Yes, that we, we did cover that, didn't we? <laughs> legitimately thought she was dead. I thought that's what the whole hubbub was about. No, she's alive and just doing poorly with her career, with her choices. Yeah, she just <laughs> got greedy. She's just greedy, it turns out. But so James Earl Jones is alive. Then they really dropped the ball with the whole new Darth Vader, didn't they? Well, he's still doing the voice, isn't he? He's not doing the voice of the new Darth Vader, is he? Yeah. Is he? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they still got him on board. I think he'll be doing that gig till he dies. All right, good for him. All right. He's got a good voice. It's soothing. It is. Kind of he sounds- plays the best and worst father in cinema history. Darth <laughs> Vader and Mufasa. And also coming to America, King of Africa guy. Yes. So another good one. So if he's your dad, you got a two and three chance it's good. I like those odds. <laughs> and it's not just good. It's like epically good. It's like I'd listen to my father because it's like audio chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I need to calm down, I just call my dad. I've never said that in my life. And he's on CNN, is he? Is he? Isn't he? Well, he used to be at some stage. I'd believe that. I'd let him read the news. Yeah, he does have that sort of voice. I don't know what his opinion is. And I think he's done very well to keep his opinions to himself. It's not about that. It's about talking with this voice. 
And they got John Oliver Zazu. Wait, who's John Oliver? The cooking guy? No, that's no, Jamie Oliver. He's the This Week Tonight. Oh, the English guy. Okay, now Zazu's the parrot? Is the little bird thing. The toucan. The advisor that's... thing. Yeah. I don't think it's a two. Is it a toucan? Well, no, they don't have toucan. That's a South American thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's just some bird. It's just some African bird. And yeah, he's the advisor, which previously was voiced by Rowan Atkinson. Was that Rowan Atkinson? Yes. It was. Oh my God. When you watch something as a kid and you just go, no, that's Zazu's voice. And you go, it's Mr. Bean. Oh, really? <laughs> Oh my god, it was! Well, Mr. Bean didn't speak much. No, he didn't, so that's, that's fair play to me. I'm sorry, they dropped the ball. John Oliver, I'm a big fan of your work, but everyone knows that the parrot should have been played by Gilbert Godfrey. That's in the Aladdin movie. That should be every parrot every, ever. Every bird should just be Gilbert, Gilbert and horse, Godfrey. And just any animal that speaks, and hell, dub over Donald Glover's Simba stuff too. It just, should just be all the whole Gilbert Godfrey version. Yes! Pumba! What are you doing? <laughs> Though I think that John Oliver is pretty much a younger, cooler Rowan Atkinson. Yes, absolutely agree. <laughs> so it is good casting as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I can live with that. They've put a lot of thought into this. They knew that there would be assholes like us out there going, oh, really? Really? So who's going to do the voice of Pumba? <laughs> Seth Rogen. Okay, I can see that. That's fair enough. Let's do that. Yep, continue. <laughs> uh, they should know we're joking, though. I don't think they give a crap what we think. I oh, know, that's just a segue. <laughs> ah! <laughs> we're back onto the page of joking. Well, Doing, joke. We're not doing the page for segues. We're doing the page for jokes. Oh, we could do the page for segues next time. Oh, that's a good segue to do it. <laughs> hey, this whole beginning was actually a ruse and a beautiful segue into our page. Segway. Not the automobile thingies. <laughs> have you ever written a segue? No, I haven't. Sorry, I thought you said, have I written no. a segue? I'm like, yeah, I, I segue from jokes from, from time to time if the mood strikes. But no, I've never written one. I think it's po- quite possibly the most useless form of transportation ever invented. Have you? No, I have not. And I haven't done one of those hoverboard things either. That sounds like a disaster waiting to happen. <laughs> Everything about it is just the worst idea. I reckon whoever made those, the fail army and all those fail video places should send them a thank you letter. Absolutely. They should be paying them something. <laughs> yeah. Because you know how much content those things have created? I hated the idea from the beginning because the first I ever heard of them was when the Back to the Future date came up and that's when they released the hoverboard. So I heard it on the radio. They go, we've got hoverboards, guys. And I, in my stupidity, went, whoa, no way, they've made hoverboards. Like a hovercraft? It hovers? And then when I saw it, I've never been so disappointed. <laughs> Why are there wheels? Just a Segway without a handle. And it doesn't even move like a hoverboard. A hoverboard is a skateboard that moves like a skateboard that doesn't need wheels. Why can't we make a hoverboard at the moment? You surely think in 2018 we would have got there. I know, because I even remember doing like the logic in my head, going you can't just have it hovering, we haven't got some anti-gravity thing, but if it has plastic flaps on the sides, but it still uses wind power to push it up like mm. a hovercraft. I'm cool with the flaps on the side. There wasn't even flaps! It was wheels! Sounds like a lawnmower. <laughs> I'd be cool Well, this is it. If you want a hovercraft, because there are the lawnmowers without wheels, just amp one of those up. <laughs> just quite... stand on that. Take the handles off. It would be possibly the most dangerous. Fail Army definitely giving a thank you letter to you for making that one, because that's not just going to hurt you when you fall off. It's going to take people's faces. <laughs> yeah, when you fall off and it's still sliding around. You try to do a kickflip or something because you're a skateboarder and it just lands your foot right into a rotator 
a blade. <laughs> the, the only time I've seen one of those hover mowers, it plugged into a wall, the which that in. scares me. I don't want like fast moving blades and an extension cord. I feel I'll screw that up. It doesn't seem right, does it? <laughs> it seems like a fatal error that they've just decided to overlook. <laughs> <laughs> they forgot to take me into account. I know. They didn't do the idiot test. Neither of us were consulted. Hey guys, hold this for two seconds. Oh, look, we can't release it. That's that's all you had to do. If it was your job to idiot test things, would you be excited or insulted? <laughs> Both, equally. I'd be like, how dare you? No, nah, I can see your point. <laughs> but then they give me stuff and I'd be like, oh, I, I kind of hurt myself with it. <laughs> I've broken already. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you insist? Look, just give me your thing. I'll prove it. Oh, I broke it. <laughs> and I need to go to the hospital like right now. Thank, please. <laughs> You inspire all the warning labels. That's right. You're the guy who, when they gave the chainsaw to you, like, so I just stopped this with my testicles, right? <laughs> Do not stop with crutch. It's written on the side, you dumbass. <laughs> we didn't think we had to put it there, but we do. Do not spray Windex in eyes. <laughs> Damn contact lenses need cleaning again. Cruise control does not mean you can leave the wheel. Uh, that's because of the time you took a nap. That's right. <laughs> on the interstate. <laughs> well, I'm on the M1 doing 120. <laughs> <laughs> Time to have a lie down. <laughs> Good luck, everybody. It's all right. Cruise control's got it. <laughs> hey, don't blame me. Blame Nissan. <laughs> uh, they say history at the printed joke. And here is one in papyrus from 1600 BC. So that's like three and a half thousand years ago. Did you just click on it like you're going to be able to read it? <laughs> I want to see the joke. It's in hieroglyphs, Ben. Well, it's pictures. It's got to be like comics, right? What do we say about the rules for reading uh, hieroglyphs, Ben? Hide before eagle, except after seagull. Yes! <laughs> uh, classic Egyptian joke. Ah, uh, great. Yeah, I no, think that's what is, this says. I'm pretty sure it's in there somewhere. No, they actually wrote in English what it says somewhere. I saw oh, did that. they? Yeah. Cool. Stop trying to attempt to read <laughs> hieroglyphs, Ben. Joke is, it says right there, How do you entertain a bored pharaoh? You sail a boatload of young women dressed only in fishing nets down the and urge the pharaoh to go catch a fish. Waka waka! <laughs> it's funny because... I don't know. I do like that they said that dress a bunch of girls in fishnets because I don't think fishnets were a clothing then, but they are now. I'm going to use that the next time I see some gothic chicks. Hey, dude, want to catch a fish? Because <laughs> of all the nets. Get it? <laughs> so would you throw the women in the ocean? No, they're in the Nile. They're in denial. Oh, wait, there's another one. Something which has never occurred since time immemorable. A young woman did not fart in her husband's lap. That's a, oh, that's a proverb from the Sumerians. 1900 BC predates the Egyptians uh, pharaoh joke which do you think it's okay to make jokes about like that's clearly an okay joke to make fun of the pharaoh with because it's not putting the pharaoh down mm. it's like just putting the pharaoh and it's like how do you entertain a prime minister you say hey there's a bunch of young chicks I mean I'm sure the pharaoh's wife was pissed off but he'd still do it so with this young women farting in their husband's lap does that mean inevitably your wife's gonna fart in your lap yes that's what they're saying I think because there's a bunch of double negatives in there it's never happened that a woman not fart in her husband's lap that's never happened so so, am, am I allowed to ask you? Fart? It's saying that every woman has farted in her husband's lap at some time. See, I don't think that's ever come up. I mean, that's really a question for Shannon more than me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, because I was going to say, you may think <clears throat> she hasn't, but she has. <laughs> I mean, I'll ask her. I know she'll say no, but the expression on her face will tell me. <laughs> 
I'm like, have you farted in my lap? Because we were reading this old papyrus thing. That's literally 4,000 years old. <laughs> and up until that point, 4,000 years ago, there had never been a woman who didn't fart in her husband's lap. Maybe diets have improved since then. I think they've gotten worse, man. There is true. far more fart potent materials being consumed these days. That is true. I mean, she doesn't sit in my lap a heap. Maybe she only farts when she sits <laughs> in her lap. The only time she's ever sat in your lap, that's when she's farting. Yeah, those times where she comes to sit in my lap, she's just like, hold on, I need to fart. <laughs> so I don't know. I'll, I'll look into that and I'll get back to you. Yeah, I'm, I'm highly intrigued. <laughs> Has your lap ever been farted on? Oh, yeah. I've that been... wasn't even a hesitation there. Yeah, multiple. This is an ongoing theme. I just assumed <laughs> everyone was on board with this. I thought you were going to be like, yeah, the amount of times Shannon's come and sat on my lap. I'm like, oh, how you doing, sweetie? And she just has this evil smile. And ah. you're like, what's up? And she just smiles. Seriously, what's up? And then she just smiles. Then, oh, you dirty bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun for the whole family. And that was considered the oldest joke. And it's identified as the world's oldest toilet humor. <laughs> which is funny because they didn't have toilets then. Ooh, Toilet Humor is a Wikipedia page. Oh, how did we oversight this one? Bomb Trilogy. I love how it just <laughs> magnetized to the same freaking thing. Dick Joke. Hey. Flatulent Humor. <laughs> Grotesque Body. Lighting, Lighting Farts. <laughs> Scatology. That's about poop. <laughs> What's that one? Sophomoric Humor. Juvenile. Oh, it's when it's juvenile, puerile, and base. The kind normally expected of an adolescent. For example. <laughs> <laughs> I love when they give examples. <laughs> That's all we wanted. Oh, this is for juvenile, like, puerile people. Yeah, yeah, get to the joke, get to the joke. That's clearly what we want to hear. It is a type of comedy that often includes toilet humor and gags that are based on an appeal to a silly sense of immaturity. So, yeah, basically, you know... <laughs> Your mum. <laughs> so if you want to sound clever, you can say that's so somnphatic. Sophomoric? Sophomoric? Because I feel it's like sophomore. I'll tell you what, I'll put it in the show notes and you guys learn how to pronounce it. Then you'll sound smarter than us. <laughs> yeah. See, that's why you'll sound smart when you say it, because we're dumb and we can't. Yeah, if you want to sound smart, maybe take some time before you go out and say the word to practice saying it. I'm going to go sophomoric. Yeah, I'll go with that. I think that that's probably sophomoric humor. Like best guess. Morons on a sofa what's toilet tipping oh oh tipping an outhouse that is the best <laughs> don't you like you're always gonna make sure you tip it so it's door down <laughs> <laughs> that's the cruelest way to do it <laughs> it's just <laughs> you rock up and it <laughs> falls over there you see this oh dear god <laughs> Guys, like, it's not even angry. It's like, please, this is the worst thing. It's everywhere. I'm it's st- not even all mine. Oh, this, this one was full. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's tripping out the door. <laughs> uh. So if you were sitting in an outhouse or a porta potty and you happen to feel the thing rocking, just get out. Would there be a moment where you're like, oh no. That's a point where you have to act fast. Get you don't the- even pull your pants up. Yeah. You just get out. You do not have time. You're walking out there with a shitty butt. That's the best scenario from this moment forward. <laughs> At very least, my advice to you is to open the door. You may not be able to get up. It may not get tipped over, but if you open the door, you've at least got a wedge or something to angle it so you can get out. Because if you get tipped over with the door down you can't get 
out. What if they shake it and then when you quickly go to get out, they're waiting out there with a fire hose? I'd be thankful that the fire hose was on me. And Thank then after you. they spray you back into the porta potty, they tip it over. <laughs> shake it up. <laughs> tip it upside down. They put it in like a spinnerometer thing. So it just goes around and around like you're in a washing machine of poop. Uh, <laughs> didn't Jackass do one where a they had a slingshot? Yes, and you can see the poo just sitting in the mm. air, like floating oh. before it comes down on him. <laughs> God, I'm glad we don't do that jackass thing. I know. We'll just stick to our dumb sketches, thank you. We'll just talk about it. That's fine <laughs> by me. See, sometimes it pays to, like, write. See, the only way I'd do that is if we could figure out how to do it with special effects. Yeah, somehow. Or we just need someone that we can do it to. A stunt double. As soon as I get a stunt double, we'll do all that jackass shit. <laughs> this is Ren and Gareth. <laughs> we just added R's to their names. I don't know, that could be some good YouTube hits if we could find someone stupid that we could talk into doing stupid things. People would love that. And then the whole show is, can we talk this person into doing the dumb thing? First, we have to come up with the logic. Like, come on, man. I mean, think about it. It'll be really good. No, no, you'll be awesome. And then just after a while, it becomes, all right, dude, you know that it's going to be bad, but you're still willing to do it. How stupid are you? And that's where we've got to really, like, the overtime has to come into the beforehand. Oh, I'm so glad we checked out toilet humor. And gross out humor. I am actually a big fan of gross out humor for the simple fact that there is no roof on grossing out. You can only describe love to an accurate extent mm. or to an exaggerated extent. But gross out has no limit because you're trying to get someone. You're trying to get and there is so many words in our language designed for disgust and grotesque things. It's my favorite. That's as pure an art as you can have. It's done just for the existence. Plus there is no funnier word than scrotum. <laughs> <laughs> yes, scrotum. If you put that in there, that's guaranteed. Because it talks about the examples of it are toilet humor, nudity, or any sexual topic. Yeah, so if you can mix them all together, you gotta win. You could have a turd on a big throbbing cock that's fucking someone. <laughs> What's it doing there? That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's a joke. <laughs> that would also fall under dick jokes. Hey, yeah, that way you're covering several bases. You've got the scatological, the dick joke, and the gross out all in one. But in my experience, they're very rarely if ever separate. Sort of, you got this guy here. Was he a comedian? Pongio Bala Baracoloni? Sounds like a comedian, possibly from the Catskills. Were they around in 1597? No, no, they were not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when America was discovered, but no, they didn't have Jews in those mountains then. <laughs> Telling jokes. Punchline. These are all the art forms in which we've gone into great detail over. Electronic joking. Oh, it's when you, instead of writing it on papyrus, you email it to someone. Or say it in a podcast? Yes! I didn't even think of that! We're electronic joking. Yeah! <laughs> E-jokes coming at you with your <clears throat> review style. <laughs> that sounds like something you'd say in the 90s. I can't help it. That's who I am. It's also anything that's on Twitter. And I, I believe memes are a thing now. I've heard that being used. Yeah, they said something about memes up here. I don't know. Where did they say it? I remember seeing memes somewhere. I'm going to have to control F this one. I discovered what control F means. Nope. Nope. Wrong. Okay, so we shan't be talking about memes. <laughs> Not just yet. We'll figure out how to get there. All right, joke no, saw cycles. This joke cycles where it shows conditions Conditional jokes? I think that's like a callback thing. Conditional jokes. You can only make this joke once you've already put something in. Okay. We'd have to think of something and then call back to it to make an example. <laughs> so we have to like say something, do this whole list, and then say it at the end. That's when the punchline comes <clears throat> in. All right. And that's when you will understand what a conditional joke is. 
and laughter will ensue. What about bard jokes? Aha! Ah, the one about the guy with the 12-inch pianist. (laughs) (laughs) Does it actually say it? Yeah. Right there. I love jokes where you don't tell the joke, you just say what the joke is. The 12-inch pianist. (laughs) And I said, wrecked him, damn near killed him. (laughs) (laughs) Followed by any number of different punchlines. The dyslexic walked into a bra. Seriously, though, reading disabilities are a serious matter. A doc walks into a bar, orders a drink, and tells the bartender, put it on my bill. Oh, that's good. Actually, no. Put it on my bill. Because it was done by Gilbert Godfrey. Yes, put it on my bill. That's better. A man walks into a bar. Ouch. Yeah, we know that one. Classic. Three men walk into a bar. You think one of them would have seen it? Ha ha. Ah, you out comedy Wikipedia. There's always a joke to the joke to the joke. A sandwich walks into a bar, orders a beer, and is told by the bartender, we don't serve food here. Mushroom walks into a bar, says, can I have a beer? The bartender says, I can't serve you. You're a little mushroom. He says, come on, I'm a fun guy. <laughs> you turn this into competitive comedy. I hardly think bar jokes count as competitive. <laughs> Although I have to mention, anytime someone pulls out a bar joke, I feel compelled that, oh, we're telling bar jokes? Let's all tell bar jokes. It <clears throat> sounds fun. Guy walks into a bar with a steering wheel down his pants. The bartender says, isn't that uncomfortable? He says, mate, it's driving me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's one of my favorites. If anyone ever says, isn't that driving you nuts? I say, like the steering wheel down my pants. And no one gets it. A man with three balls walks into a bar, walks up to the bartender and says, mate, I bet you drinks all night that between us we have five testicles. And he's like, sure, mate, I'd love to see a man with four. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Grasshopper walks into a bar. Bartender says, we have a drink named after you. He says, what? Weginald? (laughs) A horse walks into a bar. The bartender says, why the long face? If you haven't heard that one... (laughs) A priest, a rabbi, and a cow walk into a bar. And the bartender says, what is this, some kind of joke? (laughs) (laughs) Good old bar jokes. What's a Bengal Bangla joke? Bangla joke. I don't know, but let's find out. I'm guessing it's Bangla joke it up. It's either going to be Indian. Yeah, that's like another language. I can understand it totally. I love that it's in this other language. All we've got to take reference off is this black and white photo of what appears to be just a regular, like, Western white people family, like, taken from clearly a long time ago and for some reason there's a picture of it's a family but what looks like the mother has her face circled and she's highlighted yeah she invented the bungalow joke there you go I kind of feel like we're going to be in trouble for looking at this site it <laughs> looks kind of ooh I can translate page oh totally it can do that it's translated do <laughs> you just blew my mind <laughs> Welcome to the future, Garth. Oh my god! So many possibilities. We just opened so many doorways. All right. And it translates as Haseen, Laughter Magazine. Let's find out what's so great about this woman. Okay, Bangla jokes number... Holy crap, there's like thousands of them. It says Bridget Diskonolf marked with red balls. <laughs> balls. Which I think is the circle around her. On the 17th of August, 1896, Bridget Dreskel, the woman, a female pedestrian, was the first to be killed in road accidents. The road accident <laughs> happened in front of Crystal Palace and... Lo- what? <laughs> 
This doesn't sound like jokes at all. This is why is this funny? Do you know that the first person to die in a road accident is celebrating the day of the de- what? Was celebrating the day of the dead and celebrating it with joy. Oh, so she died while celebrating the day of the dead. And so she was happy and she died. And Wait, she hit by a car. Is that what a Bangla joke? Now I've got to find out more of these Bangla jokes because that's number ten thousand two hundred and two. I don't know where we find the others. As Go well. up. There's some more down there. I thought I said it right there. Okay, a person asked some. Muslimly sounding guy. Muhalunizarun Hozulava. Muhala Norizarun Hoza. That mine was better. Yeah, I will go with you. When will Mullah the resurrection? Which resurrection? How long is the resurrection? The smallest of the resurrection and the greatest resurrection. This is clearly translated. (laughs) (laughs) When my wife dies, it will be the smallest resurrection. And when I die, it will be a big reminder. Okay, I think I know why we've never heard of these jokes before. Yeah, they don't translate well as well. I do like the idea. I've always said this. Is there humor that we possibly can't get because we don't understand how different languages work? You just had that question answered. Totally. Either that or these people just aren't funny. Do you love that when I scroll down? It's just... It just changes. How do the planes fly so high in the sky? If you were set on fire behind your torch, then you will run away from it too. Yeah, something's lost here. (laughs) Okay, this is how do planes fly well, dude, if you got set on fire, like, you'd be running too, because, you know, planes have flames coming out the back. But they don't. But they Well, they can. The jets do. I and guess. I'm getting the image of a plane going like, ow, 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 I'm on fire across the sky. I had to make my own joke here. Maybe that is the joke. Maybe they got this image of like, get it? The plane would be like, ow, 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 across the sky. That's clearly it. That's the only possible joke that's there. Ah, uh, classic Bangalore joke, dude. <laughs> classic <laughs> Bangalore joke. <laughs> Do you reckon, like, they've gotten so efficient with the jokes where people go, yeah, number 10,197, and everyone just, like, pisses themselves <laughs> laughing? Then someone's like, 10,204, and no one laughs? What, is that not funny? No, it's the way you tell it. <laughs> the fact that they've gone up to 10,000, <laughs> like, and they're just going, and this is what it sounds like, what the hell is wrong with these people? <laughs> yeah, I think they've run out. Now, I'm pretty sure it's Middle Eastern, because at first I thought it was going to be Indian. I first person, brother, what is your name? Second person, Oham. What's your father's name? Aham. Aman. Oham. Um, no. Oham Ahaman. Where's the first person? As she... Okay, this is clearly like puns. Indian puns. That's awesome. <laughs> they don't translate because <laughs> it doesn't work that way. That's how puns work. It's like an archer with, you know, you can't use idioms. <laughs> so are we just going to say Bangla jokes are jokes that don't translate that great? Yeah, that's why they're Bangla jokes and not some other kind of joke because we probably would have taken them. The funny one was the one where that woman got hit with a car. That wasn't even a joke. <laughs> that's a tragedy, but it happened to like a white woman. To them, that's pretty funny. Yeah, and she had red balls. Yeah, they put a red circle around her and it translated as the woman with the red balls. <laughs> uh, I like to think they did that on purpose. What about Bellman jokes? Now, is that like a bellhop or is that something else? Simple joke popular amongst Swedish school children, always including a person named Bellman as the main character. Okay, no. So this is like Little Johnny. Okay. You know Little Johnny jokes? Yeah, I know Little Johnny. Wrecked him damn near killed him. Already said it. Bellman <coughs> rarely owned more than one coat. Should I do this in a Swedish voice? Yeah, what the hell? Bellman rarely owned more than one coat. Once when King Gustav met him in the street, he was wearing no more than a nightdress. At which the king said, but my dear Bellman, you look so ill-clad. To which he bowed and replied, I humbly assure your majesty that I have the whole of my wardrobe on me. Is a good joke. <laughs> That's the st- 
stupidest thing. That's and I just made, I really drew that out with that stupid accent. <laughs> I offended at least three different nationalities then. Foreign jokes don't translate that great as it turns out. So Bellman jokes are just Swedish jokes. It's little Johnny jokes for Swedish people. You see, it's funny because he's poor and they have no such thing as poor people in Sweden. What with their efficient government and well put together education system. Then they have like some group together. They have blonde jokes, lawyer jokes and Microsoft jokes. Which that doesn't seem like they all belong together, does it? No, and I haven't heard Microsoft jokes since they were about Windows 95. Yeah, I know, right? But they're still out there. I bet if you click on it, you're not going to find anything past 95. Where do they think we're going to find a four gig hard drive? <laughs> Something about winding your window down and rolling it back up to fix your car, I assume. No, they have the Microsoft acquisition hoax. That's where we got taken to? The hoax in the 94, see 1994. Yeah, there you go. Didn't even make it to 95. It was a hoax put into a press release suggesting that Microsoft had acquired the Roman Catholic Church. Ah, that's awesome. It is considered to be the first internet hoax to reach the mass audience. Hey, how about that? I like that we stumbled on this. So they thought that Microsoft owned Jesus. Oh, that reminds me of a joke. The Catholic Church got together and they said, you know, the Pope came in to all the cardinals and said, we've got an offer from McDonald's. Instead of saying, give us today our daily bread, they will give us $5 billion to say, give us today our daily Big Mac. And they all thought about it. Oh, that's pretty big, but the money's good. So they went away. They came back. They go, all right, we got good news and bad news. Good news is we got $5 billion coming in. The bad news is we're going to have to cancel our subscription to Tip Top. <laughs> hey, hey, bread joke. Thank you. The Pope, he comes to visit, right? He lands in Australia and he comes up to the limo driver and he goes, look, they don't let me do anything. They always like baby me and get me around. I just want to drive just once. And so he talks the limo driver into it. So the limo driver gets into the back and the Pope's driving, goes down the street, going a bit fast and he gets pulled over. Cop comes up to the window, looks in, sees the Pope there, comes back to his squad car and he calls up the guy and goes, look, um, I pulled over someone for speeding, but I don't know if I can give him a ticket because they're very important. He goes, look, it, it doesn't matter if it's like a politician or a senator, you still got to give him one. It's like, no, no, it's more important than that. It's like, I don't care if it's like the biggest celebrity royalty, you still give him a ticket all the same. He goes, but it might even be more important than that. And he goes, well, who is it? It's like, I don't know, but the Pope's driving him around. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> I think we let that one go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I'm pretty sure there are other religious jokes out there. Probably others I like better too. I just thought of that one. That's a good one. Lawyer jokes. What do you call a thousand lawyers at the bottom of the sea? A good start. And then there's all the ones that cross over to everything else. You know, what do you throw a drowning lawyer? His briefcase. <laughs> all right. Picture this. You've got your wife is drowning and your lawyer is drowning. You've only got time to save one. What do you do? Do you go see a movie or do you go play golf? Yes. <laughs> and that does cross into the lawyer jokes do always end up crossing over to the golf jokes. There are so yes. many golf jokes. And wife jokes. That was like so many into one. You really packed that in there. Yeah, you got a widespread. You're going to hit a lot of different markets with that. <laughs> I do think it's weird that it's kind of acceptable to talk about drowning your wife though. <laughs> well, that was back in the old days where it's like, take my wife, please. Ah, uh, go the rim shot. Yeah, that means something different now. Why don't sharks eat lawyers? Professional courtesy. <laughs> What's the difference between a lawyer and a leech? A leech stops sucking your blood when you die. <laughs> lawyer, I have some good news for you. Client, uh, what good news? You lost my case. I was convicted of a murder I didn't commit and I was sentenced to die in the electric chair. That's true, but I got the voltage lowered. <laughs> 
I've had that guy. <laughs> I'm about to jump on the bus to go to prison, but I got you an aisle seat. <laughs> Prick. <laughs> we did a thing with some lawyer jokes. We did, which will be out. When will that be out? Oh, God knows. Some point. <laughs> right, yeah. When you see it, you'll be like, yeah, they said that. Cool. This is a subtle hint. We don't tell many people these things, but we trust the podcast listeners. Yes. A little inside knowledge for you. We do other stuff sometimes too. Oh my god, I am so bummed out. Helen Keller joke cycle, but there's no link. Oh, that just sounds like us. Never heard a Helen Keller joke, but neither has she. <laughs> I bet she didn't see that one coming. <laughs> uh, it's funny because she's retarded. <laughs> I love how quickly that just devolved. I know, right? Oh, is this an opportunity for us to be the most horrible human beings possible? <laughs> Jump on a quick bend! Don't let it get away! I highly doubt that the Helen Keller jokes were good-natured. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I do like it when it's a joke like about Helen Keller and you go, oh, here it comes. And there's just something nice about like nothing that has to do with her being deaf, dumb, and blind. Knock-knock jokes. Uh-huh. Knock-knock. Who's, Who's there? there? Someone or something. Someone or something who? Punch line. Oh, 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 I didn't see that coming. That's the best one I've ever heard, to be honest. <laughs> Someone or something. Someone or something who? Punchline. Ah, <laughs> oh, we may have to do that on stage. They've written down the formula for the joke, and that's better than any of this crap. Oh, it's such a meta joke, if you think about it, because they haven't written it as a joke, but it's actually kind of clever. It is. It's a great, and a great example of, yeah, what meta humor is these days. Because the rest are just stupid puns on what words sound like. All right. Knock, knock. Who's there? Doris. Doris who? Doris opened, so I thought I'd drop on by. That's nice. No, that's stupid. But that makes no sense, because how did you know the door was open to drop by? You wouldn't have dropped by knowing that the door was open. You only know the door's open when you get there, so how did you drop by? That- Wrong! Doris, go home. And plus, if I knocked at your door and said Doris, you'd go, fuck off, you don't sound like a Doris. <laughs> that didn't sound like a Doris to me. Knock, knock! <laughs> Should you just be knocking? What the hell's going on? I don't know one of the classic knock knock jokes. Knock knock. Who's there? Interrupting cow. Interrupting. Boo. Oh, he got me. <laughs> he got me. Knock knock. Who's there? Boo. Boo who? Don't cry. It's only a joke. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, we're all 10 here. Oh, I'm not going to do this one, but it's stupid. It's the one where you just keep saying banana heaps and then you say orange and then you say orange you didn't. Uh, orange you glad I didn't say banana. That's another one of those punchlines you can say anytime. You don't even need to set up orange. Aren't you glad I didn't say banana? <laughs> That's funnier than the rest of the crap. <laughs> The lead up is for ages. Yeah. <clears throat> knock, knock. Who's there? Rufus. Rufus who? Rufus is the most important part of your house. No, it's not. I think the walls, Woody. Yeah, without the walls, you got no roof. Phallus. Though if you could have like a roof standing up without walls, then walls are redundant. Well, but you'd still get a breeze and like, you know. True. People would still be able to get in. I mean, if your walls are high enough, you're at least protected from criminals. A lot of castles don't have roofs. But, you know, if the Mongols are coming, you don't hide inside a house and go, well, at least the roof's going to protect us. I don't know why I'm fighting these jokes so hard. <laughs> I just hate them and I have a tendency to respond violently. Yo mama jokes. Oh no, you can click on it. Yeah, you can. You can't click on the jokes, but you can click on the yo mama. Yo mama. 
one, which takes us to maternal insult. That is the greatest way to word it. It's a maternal insult. Which I love that. Do you know any your mama jokes? Please, I'm a professional. I do maternal insults. <laughs> it's like when people say they don't do comedy, they do satire. No, you do comedy, okay? You're either joking or you're not. Now, permit me if you will. Yeah, I don't know many good your mama jokes, so go on, rattle them out. <clears throat> your mama's so fat, I swerved to miss her and ran out of fuel. Your mama's so fat, she sat on a rainbow and a skittle popped out. Your mama's so fat, she went sunbaking on the beach, Greenpeace came along and pulled her back in. Your mama's so fat, when she sits around the house, she sits around the house. Your mama's so fat, she gotta wear an asteroid belt. Your mama's so fat, she gotta put her belt on with a boomerang. Clang. Your mama's so fat, every time she turns around, it's her birthday. Your mama's so fat, she fell over, broke her leg, and gravy poured out. Your mama's so fat, she's got her own orbit. <laughs> Your mama's so fat, NASA put a satellite up around her. <laughs> Your mama's so fat, her left butt cheek got its own senator. Your mom is so fat, her blood type is Rocky Road. <laughs> You're going all the fat ones, though, because it's all so dumb. Your mom is so old, she used to drive chariots to high school. <laughs> I do know mostly only fat ones. <laughs> <laughs> Love a good fat joke. Because they just work as regular fat jokes, too. But when you go to the dumb ones, they're just blonde jokes, which are also Polish jokes, which are also Irish jokes, which are also George Bush jokes, which probably going to turn into Trump jokes. They're probably already there. It's just anyone you want to call stupid and everyone else is willing to agree they're stupid. That's the joke. Yeah, because they got blonde joke, lawyer joke, Irish jokes, Jewish and Polak jokes. Which you cannot click on, but you can no. click on Polish jokes, but there's not Jew and Pollock jokes. There's Polish jokes. Redneck jokes. Oh, I'm going to enjoy that. I know, I don't know any good Polish jokes. Do you know any good Irish jokes? Or do you know any good blonde jokes? I know stuff like we have like the Irish inventor who invented a parachute that opens on impact. Or the submarine with a fly screen door made out of styrofoam. Or the guy who took the rocket to the sun but he went at night. Oh that way he wouldn't get burned. Yes. It's a good idea. And it would be all bright and smart. The Polish army or the Irish army or the blonde army they invested in 5,000 septic tanks mm. and as soon as they figure out how to work them they're invading Germany. <laughs> or you have those ones where you have like a, a mix of races and they all do something. An Irishman, an Englishman and an Australian and they're all like going to be put in front of the firing squad. Yes. The Australian goes up first and he goes, look, it's a tornado and it distracts the firing squad and he like runs off. The English guy's like, hey, that's actually a pretty good idea. And he goes, look, it's a flash flood. He runs off. And he runs off. And the Irishman's like, that's a really good idea. I'll try that. And he gets up there and he's like, fire! <laughs> <laughs> NASA jokes seem interesting. Though it only brings you to the page for NASA. So no. I'm interested in, where was it? Essex girl joke cycle in the United Kingdom. I don't know what an Essex girl is. Essex is a part of England that's a bit slummy. It's kind of like... Ah, okay. So it's a blonde joke. They're bimbos. Pretty much. If it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it's a bimbo. <laughs> So that's a good one. You could have also said it's an Essex girl. Okay, I know the suburb. What are they called? Counties? Um, what are the different? Like, that's not it a It just state. says location. Like, Essex is a what of England? Place? <laughs> it what says a location. It's a location in England. That's good to know. Technically, every part of England's a location. Otherwise, it's not a part of England. <laughs> I don't know how you'd put it. Like, is it an a area? A county? Is we there... could call Do they have counties? Yeah, they definitely have counties because they have a thing called county cricket. I just don't know if that's how they break up the counties. Well, maybe 
maybe Essex must be a county then. All right, let's go with that. I'm glad we sorted that out. <laughs> Did we? So Essex girls are just dumb girls. Yep. And then there's a uh, Newfie jokes, which like, I'm sure that's short for Newfoundlanders, which I'm guessing is because they're stupid. Is that the joke? <clears throat> I guess. Just In like, Canada. They're rednecks, I guess. For Newfoundland. Oh, yeah. They're depicted as foolish. They're Canadian Irish, which is uh, Great Britain's Polish, which is Europe's blonde. <laughs> <laughs> I did that well. I'm pleased We're Newfies, eh? Oh, I'm just from Newfoundland, yeah. Me and my boys. Which, I don't know. It does sound like a pretty slow place. Which, I'd love to live somewhere like that. It'd be nice and cold, and everyone's just kind of redneck enough. <laughs> yeah, I, I think even people in Saskatchewan think that life is slow out here. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> in a country that's full of relatively easygoing people, that's like as laid back as you can be. <laughs> like, they make fun of them for being a little on the slow side. Viola jokes. Category of jokes which are directed towards violas and viola players. Are they like the bass players of like symphony orchestras? I guess so. Because I mean we've all heard bass player jokes. You know, what do you call a guy who hangs out with a band? A bass player. <laughs> what do you throw a drowning bass player? His amp, right? Etc. So instead of bassist, just say viola. All right. What do you throw a drowning violist? The their, viola? What the, the bow thing? The bow? Th- their chair? What's <laughs> the thing? The stand which the, the sheet music. Throw them their sheet music. I bet that just kills at symphony orchestra dinners. <laughs> what do you call a guy who hangs out with orchestras? A violist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Sadaji jokes? I'm guessing this is going to need translation. Nope. No ethnic jokes based on stereotypes of six. I've heard six. of those. Yeah. Is that a Indian or a Middle Eastern? I think it's six. Indian. Are they the ones who have to wear the, the, the turban? I think so, yeah. Yeah, like they're the guys who always wear turbans. They always seem very nice. Why would anyone make fun of them? I mean... Probably because they're so nice. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? You always make fun of the people who won't hurt you. We've all heard Mormon jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mormons, they're so forgiving, so you can just make fun of them. It's just like asking for for it. <laughs> Whereas Muslims, you can't make fun of them at all. Dude, not cool. Not cool. All right. <laughs> you can't even say you can't make fun of All right, just stop. The original like artwork for Wiki Review was just a giant picture of Muhammad. <laughs> just Allah and Muhammad like chinking glasses of beer <laughs> while smoking a doobie. <laughs> and they both had their wieners out. Yes. Flopped out on top of their topless waitress <laughs> who was not wearing a burqa. <laughs> Nor was she a virgin. Oh, she was married to both of them. <laughs> yeah, she she had multiple husbands. Yeah. Haha. Uh-huh. See what we did there? Yeah, we would have got terrorist for sure. Hang on. Oh, no, I thought I heard something. No. <laughs> now, when the episode goes out, <laughs> that's when I would check. Boom, 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 boom. Yes, we made a difference in this world. <laughs> Just get someone else to check your mail for a little bit. <laughs> Ali, I'm going out in a minute. Can you start my car for me? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't pick on the six, man. I mean, how many times have you like needed a Mars bar at like 3 a.m.? Who else is going to be there to sell it to you? And they're the nice ones. They're one of the good ones. <laughs> Speaking of which, let's do redneck jokes now. Redneck jokes. Ah, because we have the famous Jeff Foxworthy. I had a Jeff Foxworthy calendar, which gave me one of these stupid jokes every day of the year. What got me was some of them hit a little too close to home for my Mm. liking. (laughs) If you ever cut your grass and found a car, you might be a redneck. (laughs) If you've ever been too drunk to fish, you might be a redneck. If you've ever made change in an offering plate. Hmm? You ever made change in an offering plate? Oh, guilty. 
because he says that he's guilty. Like, if you've ever, like, as in, like, in church, they pass around the collection plate, you put in a 10 and you take out, like, five bucks and 50 cents. Oh, yeah. So if you've ever taken change from the from the offering plate, you might, might be, be a redneck. Red <laughs> the ones that got me, if the air freshener in your car was there when you bought it, <laughs> you might be a redneck. And that left me stunned because it was. <laughs> the car I drove, yeah, the air freshener was there when I... You know when you have to stop and go, I don't understand why that makes me a redneck. And the fact that you don't understand it really means you're a redneck. <laughs> Burned. Uh, yeah, that's funny. You'd probably check off a lot of those redneck jokes. It goes like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, if cleaning your yard requires a tow truck, you <laughs> might be a redneck. Guilty. <laughs> Only most of my life. If your working TV sits on top of your non-working TV, you might be a redneck. If you have eight cars and none of them work, you, you might, might be a redneck. redneck. I do love that he always finishes it with, you might, mm. just to leave a little hope. Like, don't, <laughs> I'm not calling you anything. I don't want any hate mail. Because uh, Jeff Foxworthy did the Blue Collar Comedy Tour, which was clearly the southern states of America is where they toured. And you could see when he got up there, they all loved the, you might be a redneck stuff. And he sort of went, oh, let's talk about NASCAR. The whole crowd just went, yeah! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You, you might, might be, be rednecks. rednecks. <laughs> <laughs> so what races do they pick on here? They got the Sajar, which is the Sikhs. Yep. We got the Russians. Russians rednecks, which is white Americans, I guess. That, and that's Garth. A, an, an economic stream of white people. You got Polish jokes. You got New Finlanders. Yeah, Newfies. Newfies. Uh, Jewish American. Princess and Jewish mother jokes. And Jewish and Polak jokes. Irish jokes. Essex girls. East Frisian in Germany. I think that's all the places. They have dead baby jokes. <laughs> I love how just like, like I just you... locked on while we were going through the list. I'm like, no, forget the forget the people they're picking on dead baby jokes. I just saw the mouse just move like a bug towards the light. You locked on. You lost interest in everything we were just saying, and now we're here. Uh, what's the difference between a truckload of bowling balls and a truckload of babies? What? You can't empty a truckload of bowling balls with a pitchfork. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is dark. <laughs> And that's exactly what... Like, when you hear the title dead baby joke, you know what you're getting into. How many babies does it take to paint a house? How many? Depends on how hard you throw them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so dark. What's pink and yellow and sits at the bottom of a swimming pool? What? A baby with slash floaties. <laughs> What's blue and black and floats at the top of a swimming pool? What? The same baby a week later. <laughs> What's better than a thousand dead babies stapled to a tree? What's that? One dead baby stapled to a thousand trees. Oh, I've heard that one in the, yeah, what's better than 16 babies in one bucket? One baby in 16 buckets? Because you rip it up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, how do you get a hundred dead babies into a box? How? With a blender. How do you get them out? How? With a bag of chips. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's some cannibalism there. <laughs> That's awesome. What's bright blue pink and sizzles what's that a breastfeeding baby on an electrical outlet jesus christ what's more fun than nailing a baby to a post ripping it off again <laughs> jesus christ all right i'm gonna probably have to call it there they got the c also the aristocrats joke oh yeah we've all got one of those black comedy which is just all this crap infanticide 
jokes about killing, killing infants. Yeah. That's not even like jokes. That's just literally the Wikipedia page for infanticide. <laughs> if you like dead baby jokes, see also the act of killing children. <laughs> There's no joke in this one. It's just, it's serious killing babies. I do like that, you know, because our fans who listen to this, they come to us for the entertainment value. I like the idea of them going, dead baby sound. I'm going to check it out. See also infanticide. Reading down it and just laughing their ass off paragraph after paragraph. Not getting that it's not one gigantic joke. <laughs> oh my God, this is hilarious. Oh, and then the parents kill them because they don't like them. <laughs> oh, stop it. You're killing me. Just like you killed your infant child. Ah, <laughs> oh, Sid's is gold. <laughs> No, but that's horrible. <laughs> uh, Even I'm like going, did we cross a line there? I know it feels wrong, but I can't hide the laughter that comes out from those <laughs> jokes. You know, when you sit around, like you can do a polite <clears throat> laugh to someone. We've heard many polite laughs from Ben towards my crap. But when you throw out something like a dead baby joke, there is something so carnal internal that cannot be changed. It comes out as the most honest belly aching laugh that almost puts to shame every other joke like why are we even doing anything other than this it is a dark joke it is when you a start dark the premise. topic dead yeah. baby and that is the gross humor where there is no roof to that dark humor does have a good place though i do find dark things funny and to try and justify it they say that dark jokes are important for children because it helps them learn to understand serious things in a playful manner because if you mm. tell them about death like it's this haunting thing or if you talk about like why did johnny fall off his swing set because he got hit by a 747 Boeing <laughs> right then the kid laughs and goes that's pretty funny why did he fall off this swing set because he didn't have any arms or legs see now they know about amputees <laughs> learning I'm helping you I'm not scarring you for life or making you completely unacceptable for school so you know they're going to tell that same joke on the playground and it's going to kill but the problem is you got to make sure the kid understands <clears throat> you tell the kids like, there are some kids out there that you tell them that dead baby joke they're going to walk up to their teacher the next day and go miss I heard something funny and then you're going to get this call from their parents why did you think that was acceptable come on you laughed too you told me that that joke, you prick. They have chicken jokes. Do you this know is- chicken jokes? There's that one, the classic one chicken joke. Just why did the chicken cross the road? And it just goes on and on and on. Wasn't well, it just to get to the other side? Which I heard that that's a joke about because it wants to die. And the other side means to... Is that what the actual joke is? Because I heard that I went, is that what they mean? I thought it was just like an anti-joke. Why does anyone cross the road? Because they're trying to get to the other side, you dumbass. Yeah, chicken would for the same reason we would. Like you're trying to figure out the riddle. Yeah, but it's just... But it's simple. It's awkward. Razor. Boom. All right. There you go. Ah. All right. It's not about. If you don't know what that is, go back to our eponymous laws episode. It's a great episode. Best we've ever done. Best ever. <laughs> and we really enjoyed doing it. Right, Ben? The show notes are probably like the most detailed that I've ever done on any episode. And they're good too. Yeah, they're good for that one. And it will help you learn all the eponymous laws. Because yeah, I still don't know the names, but Ben had to write them down. So he knows them and he quotes them all the time. <laughs> You're welcome. No, I think the best one. Why did the chicken cross the road? Why? Because his house has been bombed. The Bosnians have come down and they've just put their tanks through. He's been shot at. He's lost his family, his possessions. Why are you picking on him anyways? He's just a poor little chicken. Chechnin. <laughs> Thank you, Lee Mack, for that joke. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. Something where you get to completely yell at someone. It's something so <clears throat> ridiculous and there's a one word punchline. <laughs> Why did the duck cross the road? Because he saw the chicken doing it and he thought it was cool. No, prove he's no chicken. Ah. <laughs> Shouldn't it then be why didn't the duck cross the road? I don't know. The, yeah, I read that down. <clears throat> 
down here. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was on the page, guys. Yeah, okay. why did the duck cross the road to prove he's no chicken? But, and you can click on the Wikipedia page for chicken. In case you didn't know what a chicken was by now. And which for some reason, it, it has coward- the- cowardice. Okay, so chicken leads to cowardice. It's assuming you know what a chicken is. But and for a- cowardice, they've shown a lion. I wondered why they were showing a lion for the chicken page. I'm like, do people know what chickens are? Maybe you should take over the chicken page. So you're doing a joke about a duck and check <coughs> out what the chicken means. It shows you a lion. This is far too foul. But what if we got a chicken, put it near a road, and when it crosses the road, we grab it and ask it why? Okay, I don't want to pull rank here, but as someone who grew up on a chicken farm, allow me to just end this misery. Chickens don't cross roads. Okay, they don't. They don't want to. Chickens like to be in the shade. They don't go out in open areas. They're a bird that doesn't fly. If they go out in an open area, some kind of predator is going to kill it. Why did the chicken cross the road? The answer is, it didn't. So doesn't that make the question even more mysterious where you'd be like, wait, why did the chicken cross the road? Like the regular person doesn't know how deep that is. Because you're like, was the road shady? Was there a bridge going over the road? Oh, like an overpass. Yeah, that it was walking on. It must be, like, it's a very existential question now, isn't it? Clearly the chicken had no option. It was that or be eaten. It was kill or be killed. It was cross or die. It was outrunning Colonel Sanders. (laughs) Uh, Why did the chicken cross the playground? To get to the other slide. (laughs) Boom, boom, boom. Why did the chicken cross the Mobius strip to get to the same side? Now, I need to know what a Mobius strip is from that. I'm guessing it's... sort of, it circles round. Oh, the thing which, yeah, does, it's an eye illusion thing. So you go, way, how did that happen? But you can do that if you take a rubber band and flip it once on one side. They make a Mobius strip. If you do that with fan belts and stuff, they last twice as long, apparently. Don't actually try that in real life. It probably won't work. Don't try anything you hear on this podcast in real life. It's a bad idea. That's one of those things we probably don't say that often enough. We assume it's (laughs) Applied, but I mean, come on. If we're testing idiot-proof products on us, we assume, but then that's why we're testing them. What about two cow jokes? A two cow standing in a field. One turns the other and says, I'm really worried about this mad cow disease. The other one says, I'm not worried. Why is that? Because I'm a rabbit. Oh, you have two cows. The government takes both of them and shoots you. That's Nazism. Uh, These are like describing different political agendas with the cows. Socialism. You have two cows. The government takes one and gives it to your neighbor. Communism. You have two cows. You give them to the government, the government gives you some milk. Fascism. You have two cows. You give them to the government and the government then sells you some milk. Capitalism. You have two cows. You sell one and buy a bull. These aren't funny. This is just describing what they think socialism and communism is. I can see your leftist agenda. The Nazism one's kind of funny. It's at the end of the list, so I think they had to put a joke in somewhere. I did actually this week recently watch this documentary that's on Netflix about outfits. Turns out that Hitler was a pretty bad dude. Really? Yeah. I had no idea. Are other people aware of this? Yeah. Uh, it was a crazy fucked up documentary. It's on Netflix for anyone who's got it to check it out. Outfits, Nazis, Final Solution. If you look at what they, the details they <coughs> went into to make it all happen. I saw one, it's called the clock that doesn't move or forever three o'clock or something. Cause they made a train station for it, but they didn't put a clock up. They painted a clock to make it look like a train station. <laughs> so you go to this train station in Auschwitz and there's just this painted clock. It says three o'clock always. Why three? Three o'clock. Uh, that's probably with the time the train usually arrives. Three hours is how long you've got to live. <laughs> Countdown begins. We should probably mention at this point that there is a thing called offensive jokes. <laughs> <laughs> like there's a big thing about morals in jokes. And I know you're far more of the liberal agenda. If something's funny, it's funny. And who gives a shit? It's all yeah. relative. I think this whole podcast is a <clears throat> tribute to the concept of it's all relative to what you're saying. Context. I figure if you're joking, you're joking. We 
We need to stop taking comedians so seriously. I don't get how people can be offended, if that makes sense. I know I get how people can be offended. But if it's funny, it can't be offensive. Uh, Doug Stanhope uh, talks about Andy Anderson or Andy Andrist. I mm. think it's Andy Andrist, his friend. People say you can't make fun of pedophilia and child molestation. My friend Andy has like 10 solid minutes about the time he got molested. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's okay to joke about it if you are the one it happened to. And it is something that lightens the mood. To say that you can't make a joke about it is to put power into it, I believe. But that being said, I am the pussy between the two of us who I don't touch that. I believe it's a joke deal with it. You hear things that offend you all the time. There's mm. people on the bus who are talking on their phone beside me who annoy the shit out of me. It doesn't really give me the right to stop people. Being an asshole is not illegal. <laughs> it's generally frowned upon. <laughs> There's no laws against assholery. To actually do these things we're saying, now that's a problem. If you don't like what someone says, don't watch or listen. Like, if you don't like what's on this podcast, not even if you're offended, if you're just like, this is just not my thing, stop listening. No one's forcing you. Yeah. It's, you physically went and got this podcast. There are other podcasts. There are an abundance. Everyone's got one. Only got yourself to blame. <laughs> <laughs> Probably half a few people listening have your own podcast. That's true. Which we'll listen to. Just message us, email us or whatever, and we'll totally check it out. Uh, yeah, we'll plug your podcast if you want. <laughs> we'll be guests or whatever you want. <laughs> it's when you get offended, because I hear things that offend me, but you just don't make the whole world change to suit you. You just deal with it. Let the other people enjoy it. It's usually the people who are the furthest from it who are the easiest offended by it. Dark humor is usually <clears throat> synonymous with places that are really bad. If you're in a very hippie sort of commune, everything is peaceful, they do not do well with dead baby jokes. No, not at all. But like, you go to Ireland, like, one of my favorite jokes of all time has to be, it was in Ireland just after like one of the latest shootings and terrorist attacks. A guy's walking down a street. He gets pulled into a dark alley. The voice says, are you a Catholic or a Protestant? Thinking quick, he goes, I'm a Jew. Oh, I must be the luckiest Irab in all of Belfast. Because <laughs> he's going to die no matter what. That's an interesting war where it's like, I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus too. Just worships him slightly differently to you do. <laughs> you need to die. Uh, it's the age old problem. Consubstantiation versus transubstantiation. <laughs> it always comes down to that. <laughs> But no, everyone's chastising each other on the internet these days. It seems like a good sport. And also there's trolls out there who are just doing it for the sake of doing it. Because you can. <laughs> it's a simple pleasure in life to know that somewhere on the other side of the planet, there's someone going, What? How could he say that? Oh, you son of a bitch, I'm going to get you. Well, you're like eating Doritos. It's great. <laughs> I always have this image of someone who's like laying in bed and can't sleep going, Oh my God, someone's wrong on the internet. I got to do something. <laughs> the people need to know. All caps, underlined. <laughs> Exclamation, 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 SEND! Yeah, I completely understand the trolls. Just to say something offensive and watch all the little ants scurry. Yes, dance puppets, dance! What did they say in Batman? Some people just like to watch the world burn. <laughs> I think it's a necessary evil in life. It's got to be out there so that people just stop being so serious all the time. What you're doing doesn't matter. That's true for everyone. Well, I also think part of the problem is a lot of people for news will go to comedians like Stephen Colbert, <laughs> Seth Meyers, Trevor Noah. Jim, Jim Jeffries has one now. You should never ask <laughs> Jim Jeffries for an opinion on anything. He's a <laughs> sick man. Okay. Look, and this is an Australian. Like, I love Australians. I'm glad they're out there doing well. He's got a show in America that's doing great. Good for him. He shouldn't be doing it. 
But you people should not listen to this man. He makes a lot of good sense. He's a very smart man, but just don't. Okay. But yeah, a lot of people go to them for their news. And because of that, people now think that comedians are the only people telling the truth. But most of the time, they're just telling jokes. It goes through that filter of what's funny. Things only exist in their shows because there's a punchline that you can attach to it. Yeah, I rarely say things that I think. I say things that I think are funny. Otherwise, we're just wasting everyone's time. Yeah, my points of views are kind of bland and nuanced. And they take me like all day to go into them. So I'll just say like the funniest version. In fact, I'll say something I completely don't agree with yeah. <laughs> just because it's way funnier. I, I know I've said things on this podcast that I don't agree with. Probably this episode. Oh yeah, it's come up a bit. <laughs> so yeah, back to two cows. That's yeah. kind of crap. Yeah, two cows are standing in the field. One cow says to the other, what are you doing this weekend? It's just, oh, I'm just going to catch a movie. <laughs> come on, Ben, milk it. Yeah. <laughs> Farmer put a cow out in the yard. The other cow's like, did that hurt? He's like, oh, it's all right. He just grazed me. <laughs> I just thought of that then. Cow jokes. None of them in the two cow joke thing. Political That's one cow, yeah. Yeah, I only need one cow. <clears throat> light bulb jokes. They're always interesting. How many somethings does it take to screw in a light bulb? How many psychiatrists does it take to change a light bulb? None. The light bulb will change when it's ready. Haha. That's also the same as pessimists. You know, how many pessimists does it take to change a light bulb? None. The world's going to end anyways. Actually, I remember an Irish one of how many Irishmen does it take to change a light bulb? 101. One to hold the light bulb and 100 to spin the house round. <laughs> Which I hope we get to meta jokes later because, yeah, the meta joke. How many somethings does it take to change a light bulb? Three. One to change a light bulb and two to act in a manner stereotypical to their subgenre. <laughs> how many flies does it take to screw in a light bulb? How many? Two, but don't ask me how they got in there. Oh, that's the how many uh, people does it take to screw in a light bulb? Two, but they have to be really small. <laughs> light bulb sex joke. It was using screw as a homonym. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Uh, grammar. Comedy gold. <laughs> Do you want to tell the how many Iranians does it take? <laughs> I would, but it doesn't even make sense. How many Iranians does it take? You send the prize money and we'll tell you the answer. That's clearly related to something we don't get. Maybe it's like email scams. They probably shouldn't have put that one down the bottom. Shouldn't it be Nigerians? Like the prince will send you the money? I probably would have put those in reverse order and just ended with the psychiatrist one. Or maybe put the lies one at the top. Mm. Oh, how many improvists does it take to change a light bulb? How many? Uh, depends how well the scene's doing. <laughs> <laughs> That's an inside joke for all your improv people. It is. And it's a good metaphor for anyone who's ever watched improv. Everyone else, stop laughing at that joke unless you do improv. What it means is, and you'll notice if anyone who's ever seen improv, if a scene's going badly, there's just going to be two people just sweating it out. If a scene's going good, suddenly everyone's on stage. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Oh, this is good. I want to be in it. And when it's going badly, everyone's out there going, we'll see where they're going with this. No, it's more like, I don't want to be associated with this crap. Sweat it out, bitches. What's a Manta joke. German humor. I knew it existed. It's not an oxymoron. <laughs> it's a joke cycle about the Manta driver. The male driver of an Opel Manta who is an aggressive driver, dull, lower class, macho, and infatuated with both his car and his blonde hairdresser girlfriend. Okay. What was left after a fatal Manta incident? A golden chain and a hairdresser in mourning. <laughs> oh yeah, we got to do efficient German laughs. <laughs> joke time is over. See, I always thought that a German joke would be like there is a sausage it can talk <laughs> yeah well, what do you need <laughs> i think south park did it best though a baker buys a box of muesli i will now tell another german joke because <laughs> what's he what's a baker doing with muesli that's hilarious knock knock who's there a cannibal a cannibal who fuck you i'll kill you first 
<laughs> that is a classic joke, though. That is. We've sort of done these in random order, so I've lost track of what we've done and what we haven't. Yeah. Oh, you've highlighted the ones you've clicked on. What's East Frisian jokes? We said that before, we didn't jump to it. This is more German. While we're on the German strain, no. I gotta see, is this their rednecks? North Germans. Oh, they're the stupid people. So, the East Frisian Germans are considered the newfies of Germany. So, they're the, the Irish of Germany, or the Polish of Germany, or the blondes of Germany, which is a lot of German people, I know, but... Yeah. East Frisian Germans always still have Jews because they couldn't figure out how to gas them. <laughs> Dude, not cool. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Uh, what do you call an East Frisian Aryan? Mort Goldberg! <laughs> <laughs> they just take off the star and then they can't tell the difference. <laughs> you silly inefficient Germans. Oh no, this one only has the five stars. He cut one off. He must not be Jewish. Their factories take 36 workers, not the efficient 32. Ha <laughs> ha! You fucking idiots. <laughs> <laughs> it is due to their incompetence and lack of efficiency. <laughs> Uh, Alright, I've got to see some actual... Why do East Frisians have flat heads? Because when they have a drink of water, the loose seat always falls on their head. <laughs> That's awesome! That's actually pretty funny. <laughs> How do you circumcise a person from the village next over? You kick his sister in the jaw. <laughs> Pick your own targets for that one. Why do East Frisians ride in a tank to go feed the sheep? Because they don't know that the Second World War has ended. So they're still killing their Jews? The killing at Pollux, I imagine. Anyone who comes at them. That's brought up a good answer to a question I've always had. Like, did Germans just kind of walk around the Second World War? They're never going to live that one down, though, I reckon. No, not in this, this generation or the next one. <laughs> Thanks to the internet, Hitler's going to live forever. <laughs> well, I always had a question, which is like, when Hitler didn't kill as many people as, like, Stalin and a bunch of other people, why is Hitler seen as the worst? Oh, simple. Discrimination. <clears throat> because Pol Pot and Mao, they just killed. Killed lots of people. Stalin, it was for work purposes only. Anyone who was a threat to him, he just wiped them out and all their families. So you reckon it was the anti-Semitism? Absolutely. And it killed all those other people too because he picked a race and he picked a religion and he said they need to die and that is wrong. You are too discriminate. You need to indiscriminate. If Hitler was to drive down the street just shooting like an AK in random directions, just killing like families, lots of dead babies everywhere, (laughs) he would not be remembered as the man he is now. They'd be like, oh, he's like a little Stalin. No, I think one of the reasons why Hitler is seen as the worst is the time frame. Like, you had Stalin who did more, but he was in power for, like, ages. Hitler did everything he did in about a three-year period. Very efficient. Because he didn't start killing Jews straight away. That came later. He started soft, and then he turned into a dictatorship. Then he rounded them up for a little bit, and then when he started killing, his numbers he got in, like, three years. You're talking about, like, a per capita in time base? So, if you could span out his average, he probably goes to the number one spot. Now. Also, I think it's a time thing because, like, when Stalin was running World War II, he was pretty badass. He did a lot of bad things, but it's only after the war when he was trying to keep a hold of power that people started dying in massive millions of droves. Whereas, okay, you've got American, you've got Russian, you've got English tanks all encroaching on Berlin. Why are you still trying to kill Jews? All the people doing that could be fighting. When you're in the middle of a world war, when you're trying to take over the rest of the world, do you really have time for? 
anti-Semitism. Yeah, they probably should have stopped it there. Or at least put it on hiatus or something, yeah. right? Like, okay, guys, clearly, okay, look, that's your thing. We get it. But maybe, you know, beat the enemy before you start doing this horrible thing. But they did try and sell Jews to the Americans for military equipment. Really? Yeah, they promised to only use it against the Russians. <laughs> The Americans don't care. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, the Messerschmitt, the famous plane that I still say is better than the Spitfire. Ooh, watch the controversy go out. I know <laughs> my people. The Messerschmitt only operates as a specific oil that's only made by the Ford company. Their whole okay. planes wouldn't be able to fly if it wasn't for American products. And the Americans sold the Germans military equipment all through World War One and almost the whole way through World War Two. It's only when the Americans started fighting them that they changed it to cash on delivery. They used to have a tab. Oh, we'll get you later. Then they went, all right, we're fighting you now, so we're going to need cash up front. But that's more to do with, you're going to lose. Yeah. We don't see a return on the investment, so you need to pay up front now. Yeah, back when we thought you were going to win, it was fine. But yeah, now, no. As long as we get paid, that's the important thing. All right, so that's, that's Germans. That's Germans. Never going to live down the war. I'd like to see more World War One jokes. Just watch Blackadder. I know, right? That was awesome. Some Kaiser jokes, you know? You don't <laughs> hear enough about Kaisers anymore. Kaisers and Zars. <laughs> hey, what's that guy who got shot the Archduke of oh, the Siberian the thing that started the whole World War One. I. I love that explanation for it too this guy who you've never heard of that's not really important to anything got shot by some guy who's got nothing to do with anything because I think it was the Archduke of Hungary wasn't it or Ottoman Empire or something like that Archduke Franz Ferdinand oh, of Austria oh, yeah. the Austro-Hungarian throne there you go you were right yeah wasn't there a band called Franz Ferdinand Franz Ferdinand yeah did they do that song Take Me Out yes that's the one I was trying to remember their <laughs> song <laughs> So yeah, they shot the guy who sung that song. Yeah, which, I mean, you know, do us a favor, cool. Maybe the band was trying to say, if you shoot us, then it will start a war, which I don't think it would. I think they made a reference to something that no one got. Hey, there's this uh, new guy in music, Franz Ferdinand. Sounds familiar. Mm. Have we heard them before? Probably. Better book them. Because I have heard the theory that pretty much every war we've had since is basically because of World War One. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So it's because this <laughs> guy gets shot, every war happens since. I wish I was that important. <laughs> That would be nice, you know, knowing that even a century after your death by just a random guy, essentially, mm. it doesn't matter how you died, an entire continent, Africa, is in complete turmoil from how it was cut up. The Middle East will forever be destroyed because of, like, what unfolded thereafter. And North Korea. <laughs> and North Korea. Yeah, North Korea's a mess. <laughs> oh, and if you take it even further, like, Vietnam got screwed over by it, and then somehow it made it all the way to Cuba, if you can believe now, Australia's relatively untouched. Yeah, but I mean, we've got those monuments everywhere. Have we ever had foreign enemies standing on our soil? I know we've been bombed. We've been bombed, and apparently there was a mini Japanese submarine that appeared in Sydney Harbour, apparently. Oh, really? I have a vague memory of someone talking about a landing, like, in the Northern Territory around Darwin. I don't know how real that is, though. I mean, why would you? Because I don't think there's ever been enemy boots on our soil. I mean, to be fair, there could be boots of enemies on our soil right now, ever since World War II, and we still wouldn't know about it. Just some <laughs> aboriginals looking <clears throat> off of Arnhem Land like, so there's some other white guys still here. And with the bombings, did anywhere real get bombed or was it just the Northern Territory? I think that's the only place they could reach. Like, they didn't hit anything that mattered. Excuse me, Northern Territory, but you know where you stand. Yeah, because no offence, but that's why Darwin's there. It's, the it's kind of like the decoy for the rest of us. you got to go a long way into Australia before you can hit anything meaningful. And to be fair, even the stuff that's meaningful doesn't really matter. I lived there when I was a kid, back in 93 and we didn't even have a McDonald's. What can you destroy? There was a Hungry Jack's, but you, no McDonald's. If you bombed it, who'd know? <laughs> 
And there's just acres of bushland for like a long way. Yeah, what is there to hit there? Exactly. There's nothing. And if you go through the ocean, there's like box jellyfish and crocodiles to deal with. If you bomb Darwin today, you're just going to hit a whole bunch of fathers who are trying to avoid child support. That's the only reason it exists as far as I'm concerned. You can take out their one McDonald's. I hear they got one since I left. Oh, is Ben gone? All right, let's give him the burgers. There used to be a thing when I lived there when I'd come up to Brisbane to visit relatives, going out to McDonald's was a big deal. <laughs> and so- going out to McDonald's should never be a big deal. <laughs> now, I've had plenty of country friends, like people from like, you know, Weeper mm. and stuff. Mm. And they're like, no, we have a McDonald's. Like that's their defense. <laughs> of like, we're not some country town. We have a McDonald's. Good on you. <laughs> No, to not be a country town these days, you need at least two. And so that you can say, let's not go to that one. Let's go to the good one. I mean, within like a 15 minute drive of me, I have five McDonald's. They're freaking everywhere. It's a good way of judging how many people live somewhere. Because for every, let's say a thousand people, there's a McDonald's. That seems about right. I've done no study. That just sounds right. Have you ever like lived somewhere and you have your local McDonald's, but then they built a closer McDonald's? I know. It's a it's godsend. A, it's a great feeling. You're like, oh, now it's only two minutes to the McDonald's before it was 10. (laughs) Or you get in the habit of driving to the McDonald's and then one day you realize you've been driving past a McDonald's this whole time because that's the one you knew. But you phase out because McDonald's signs, you don't notice they're just everywhere. So it just blocks out of your head. The psychology of laughter. Ha ha ha. (laughs) Charles Darwin published one of the first comprehensive and in the many ways remarkably accurate descriptions of laughter. In terms of respiration, vocalization, facial action and gestures and posture. In other words, he described what's happening. No idea why. So he knows the difference between ha 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 and he he he. <laughs> it's a belly laugh. That's a titter. Whereas the best I've ever heard, because no one really knows why we laugh. It's the same as sneezing. It's an involuntary reaction, which we just do. Well, wasn't that the psychology? Oh, that's the psychology of jokes though. Thanks to Freud. Thanks to Freud. Something to do with your mum. <laughs> your mum. Freud. The first your mama joke. I do know a good Sigmund Freud knock knock joke. Oh, Knock knock. Who's there? Cigar. Cigar who? Penis. Because <laughs> uh, the, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's good. That's high brow. I know, right? Any joke? You'd hear that on Frasier. <laughs> Like picture Niles saying it. But that's a show that could live on because of Netflix and so forth. It will forever. Yeah, people know Frasier. I'm thinking about checking out Mad About You again. Oh, only really? To, only to remind myself why I haven't. Paul Rise is a good comedian. And Helen Hunt was a celebrity a little bit after that and now isn't. Yeah, she existed. Yeah, she's really not a thing these days. Yeah, no. I think Jodie Foster took all the jobs she wanted. <laughs> I feel like Jodie Foster's kind of like a higher caliber actor of the same genre. It's like, could you get Jodie Foster? No, we couldn't. But we got Helen Hunt. Uh, forget it. Jodie Foster, every time you hear an interview with her, she sounds like she's got a lot of repressed rage these days. Whereas I feel Helen Hunt would just be happy to get the job. Jodie Foster, I'm pretty sure her entire career is just being repressed rage. She just hates <laughs> men and has been given every single reason to hate men. And so they just give her these roles where they're like, here's a whole bunch of men that are going to do horrible things to you. Hey, she seems so believable. <laughs> Whereas Helen Hunt would be like so happy to get the job. I don't believe that she's really upset. There's a gleam in her eye. Like, yes, I eat tonight. I already spent all my Twister money. <laughs> Which was the thing too. <laughs> I remember there was a TV movie that came out not long after that called Tornado. <laughs> Had exactly the same premise, but not Helen Hunt. <laughs> the step below her. Now, the best psychology I've ever heard, a joke is when you make a logical path out of illogical steps. Hot snow falls up. 
That's the most basic breakdown of humor as I can take it. So hot snow falling up is a joke. Yeah. So wouldn't that also be like there's a sausage and it talks? Is that a logical step? Well, a sausage was once a living creature, but now uh, it is not. Uh-huh. Like a pig said, oh, that sizzles. Why is it sizzle? Just trust me. Wait a little while. It'll make sense. Because what animal would the sausage be? Because it's 19 different animals over six different species. So a whole bunch of different animals all say a different... That's why cows go moo and pigs go oink and chickens go buck. Because if you put them all together, it says, please don't turn me into a sausage. It's going to hurt. <laughs> I learned something. Um, my friend friend got back from England. You can probably verify this. He says there's no beef sausages in England. I don't remember ever trying to buy beef sausages. It was a big deal to him. Apparently they only have pork sausages, which is like the exact opposite of Australia. Why wouldn't you have beef sausages? They don't have beef sausages. That's an English thing. Okay, well, if you listen and you're from England, then let us know. Do you have beef sausages? Confirm this. Find us some beef sausages in England. I want to know. We can send you some if you want. I don't know how that will work. I'll probably have to work something out with quarantine and they probably won't keep because I'm going to send them by a ship. Don't eat them when I get them. They're just for display only. We're just going to put them in an envelope. If yeah. the envelope's not soaked through with grease by the time it gets there. <laughs> I cannot emphasize this enough. Do not eat them when they arrive. <laughs> display purposes only. It might even have put a little plaque. Used to be sausage. And this offer expires if I get bored with the idea. Yeah. No <laughs> one's going to ask. I know, right? <laughs> I, like- I love just making these offers on the podcast that no one's going to ask for. Whereas like years from now, someone's going to go through and make a list of all the offers and cash in on all of them. I love that you have that fear that like 10 years in the future so you're putting a disclaimer right now. Hell, I don't give a crap. I will send you via mail. I'll put in the stamps. I don't care. I'll send you sausages, beef sausages to England if you want them. Just ask. <laughs> what if quarantine gets them and throws them away? Not my problem. <laughs> Look, I sent them. I, I sent did my them. part. <laughs> I just said I would put sausages in an envelope, put stamps on it and mail it to England. Whatever happens after that is not my problem. <laughs> Alright, well, I think that's all the different types of jokes that we're going to go through. What did you reckon of this page? I'm going to have to rate this an Essex girl out of a Sigmund Freud. Thank God. I thought you were going to use dead baby in your... Because for a second. out of all the pages, this is the dead baby joke of all the pages. That's what you wanted? <laughs> no, that's what I didn't want. <laughs> no, I loved it. It's like an Essex girl. I didn't realize that was a thing. A lot of this, I didn't realize that six and all these other pe- mantas, I didn't realize that was a joke. I love learning the Bangla jokes. I love knowing that you could translate the page. I'm going to go home and tell people. And everyone's going to go, yeah, that's a thing. People, d- didn't you know that? No, you pricks. Why didn't anyone tell me? It's like common knowledge, man. No, I love this. <laughs> the Essex girl, because I didn't know that was a thing. And it's a funny thing. I enjoyed this. It's just us telling jokes. Some yes, of them. I love just telling jokes and hearing jokes and reading what Wikipedia has as jokes. And I love that there are some jokes on this I haven't heard. And then I got to hear you say some jokes I haven't heard. And I got to remember jokes I didn't remember I knew. This is one big classic thing. I mm. loved it. And it's out of Sigmund Freud because it really makes you think. <laughs> and also because your mom is so fat. <laughs> And so forth. Ben, what did you think? I really like this page. I like going through all the different types of jokes. Even the types that I'd never really heard the premises for, like the two cows and mostly two cows. This wind-up doll jokes that we didn't go into. And I didn't know Viola jokes were a big thing. I did like all the distasteful, offensive humor that was in there. It's a gift, isn't it? It is. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we didn't get into tragedies and catastrophes. 9-11 jokes. Yeah, I think we don't need to. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm glad we didn't touch that at all. 
So I give this page a 9 out of an 11. Oh, what, too soon? <laughs> <laughs> so I give this page a 9-11. That's a pretty good mark. Because I like the offensive humor. I do too. And just to cap it off, they did say the other offensive humor is Princess Diana. Do you know what the last thing to go through Princess Diana's head was? The steering wheel. <laughs> Ayo! Did you know that Diana is an acronym? Died in a nasty accident. <laughs> uh, she was the people's princess. Yeah. Now she's the pavement's princess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, zing! Take that! Terrible disaster. Yeah, absolute tragedy. <laughs> Wonderful woman. But speaking of like hysterical and awesome jokes, we have a YouTube channel. We do! We got the things you wouldn't want to hear doctors say. They're jokes. They're absolute jokes. They are definition of a joke, definitely. And we're working on more of those as well. So watch that, brush up on it, and we're going to get more out to you very soon. Is it going to be soon? Because I have a feeling like I just, I know how we are and I get the feeling that like we say it's going to come out soon and then like a year's going to go by and we're like, we should probably release these, you know? I have a broad definition of soon. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Everyone, you know what we're about. <laughs> I'm hoping in like January or February we'll start like churning these out. Okay, so yeah, that's sooner than I thought. All right, yeah, okay, fair enough. Ah, stay and tuned. And we've got some really funny guests that we've got booked for that show as well. That's right. Hilarious. We've had some guests on that we didn't like, so we just <sighs> kicked them out and told Nev to come back. Yeah, they didn't make the cut. They've been branded with my phantom skull ring. So everyone who's on there makes our quality assurance test. That's right. It's not just good, it's good enough. <laughs> but no, we do have other things on there. We're also working on continuing the series of Ben the Ghost. For anyone eagerly awaiting the second episode. Yeah, yeah, we just shot that and it's in production now. So we should hopefully have that. We're hoping for a big launch cycle next year. We're going to have this big thing, but you can keep <laughs> listening to the podcast. And we've got like eight videos on there at the moment still anyway. So if you haven't seen them yet, check that out. Absolutely. All good stuff. Also join our Facebook, which is Humidor. And I think we're discontinuing the wiki review one soon, aren't we? Yeah, it's still rolling out stuff because the people are there, but I will at some point put out a message saying that we're going to shut that down because it's too much, all right? Ben said, God, you look after Facebook. I'm like, I don't know what a Facebook is. <laughs> I have to do two. Look, I could do Humidor. I'm going to do Humidor. That's what we're doing now. So I will let people know politely, but eventually I'm just going to stop trying. Uh, and yeah, for all the stuff, for Facebook, you go to humidor.com.au and that'll just give you links to everything else that's on there. But yeah, if you see any social network things, just check out Humidor, see if we're on there, see Ben Graw, Garth Remington. You'll, You'll find, find us on places. We'll probably just friend you if you ask. Yeah, I'm not too picky. All right, well, that's been it for us. I've been Ben Graw. I've been Garth Remington. And we'll catch you on the next Wiki Review. Find Humidor on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and at humidor.com.au. Theme is I Live for the Bass Drum by DJ Searle. All other music by Matt Graw.